Hello, and welcome to the Time Between Times podcast with me, Owen Staten. My gosh, the world is scorchio at the moment. Everywhere I look, everything is hot, everything is boiling, everything is sticky. It is not the greatest time to be telling tales. But then I sit and then I think, but is it not the best time? For everything that's going on, I know I can lose myself in a tide of tales. I can let my imagination run wild when a story is told or a song is sung or a poem is performed. Welcome to the Time Between Times, my friends. Banish those dark thoughts, those intrusive thoughts, those worries, those cares that creep into our minds at the dead of night. And join me for stories. Sit back. Close your eyes if you can, and it's safe to do so. And relax. And let me tell you a tale from long ago. But first, take the stone path from outside your house. Look up and see the sky with the moon and the sun in it. Take that walk to the forest not far and step upon the crunchy leaves on the ground. Far away the traffic hums as people go about their lives and their journeys totally oblivious that you are going to a place where magic rules. Set foot on the broken leaves. See the trees stretch to the sky and walk to the clearing at the heart of the forest. There you meet your friends, every one of them sitting around the fire pit with a smile upon their face and love in their hearts. They are here to listen to tales. They are here at the time between times, the time when it's neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey. The time when the veil between our world and the fairy world is wafer, wafer thin. So thin that for just a few moments we can reach into their realm, and for a few moments they can reach into ours. Now is the time that people see ghosts. Now is the time that people see lights in the sky. Now is the time that people see the Tulwith Teg. But now is the time when people are happiest. The tale-teller steps up and starts the story, and everyone relaxes and waits for what's to come. Let me take you, my friends, to the year 1265. There raid against each other on an August morning, just as the sun is starting to rise after a night of storms and thunder, are two armies. History will tell us that this is the Barons' War. History will tell us that King Henry III's army is lined up to fight the heavily outnumbered army of Simon de Montfort and his son, Henry de Montfort. Although they are heavily outnumbered, outgunned, they feel that they can still win through heart, fighting for a great cause they believe in. As the sun rises, Simon turns to his young son, Henry, and says to him, I do not know what will happen this day, but always know that I love you, and always know that our cause is just, and always give kindness where kindness is received. Yes, father, says Henry. Suddenly the horns ring out and the drums start to beat, the thunder rents the sky, and both armies march together. 
A great horn bays, and there is a charge, and the baron's army rushes against the kings. The clash of arms can be heard for miles around. The screams of the dying fill the air, the sound of drums battered through the skies. A great battle that will echo down through the ages. But suddenly, just as they feel they are on the verge of victory, Simon's army suddenly falters. Just when they feel that a win is not far away, that their cause will soon be taken up by all the people. Some of his soldiers start to break. A cry, a cheer, rises up from the enemy army. And all of a sudden, the de Montfort's army is in full retreat. Henry, who tries to rally the troops, Henry, who calls for them to stay with his father, soon finds that he is standing alone against an enemy army much bigger than anything they have, and he has no choice but to flee. He rushes away and turns around, and the last sight of his father, the great Simon de Montfort, he sees, is of him being dragged from his horse and killed under a hail of swords. He rushes with his fleeing army, but soon they find themselves in a great bottleneck on a bridge crossing a river. There are screams and shouts as everyone tries to cross at once. And Henry realises that his army will now be caught by the advancing king's force. He draws his sword, takes off his helm, and waits to sell his life this August morning. Although the sun is shining, the air is still full of chill. As he turns and faces his enemies, who rush down the road and catch him straight away. He swings his sword left and right, up and down, and his enemies fall in front of him, but suddenly he is caught by a blow to the leg. He falls over and then looks up and sees the last sight he will ever see as a sword comes down from an enemy soldier and hits him right in the face. Feeling blood run down his cheeks, he slumps to the ground and waits for the death blow. The death blow that will never come. Hours later he awakes. He feels himself being dragged along the floor, but when he opens his eyes he cannot see. He reaches up with his hands and realises that he will never see again, for his eyes are gone. He has been recognised by some of the Welsh soldiers who fought with his father and fled the field and they take him back to his castle. There, after being paid a sum, they disappear into the night, leaving him there. Although he is badly injured, all his concerns are for the family and the servants who serve him and his family well in the castle. There his daughter, Elizabeth, lives, but a babe in arms. Her mum, her mother, has died about six months previous. Taking the babe in his arms, he orders one of the servants to take a cart and drive them to London, and he hides in the hay behind, holding the babe close to his chest. Every bump on the road is agony. Every turn on the road is terrifying. But finally, after a long and arduous journey, they arrive in London. The cart stops outside the King's Arms Inn in Bethnal Green. And then he hears the horses being detached from the front. And then he realises in horror when he hears running feet that the servant has left them with no money, no food, 
no horses, and only the clothes on their back. He takes the crying babe and sits on the doorstep outside the king's arms. The night has fallen, a cold night, and in the morning they are still there. The innkeeper opens the door, and the man who was Henry de Montfort hands the baby over and begs the innkeeper to look after her. A kindly man, he agrees, and he brings the babe up. Henry de Montfort stays alive by begging in the streets. Days became weeks, weeks became months, months became years, and the baby Elizabeth grew into the fairest maid anyone had ever seen. Her hair is long and black, her eyes are as deep as the ocean, but see, she is strong, she is feisty, she is full of fun. She knows her father is the beggar, as does everybody, but nobody knows who the beggar really is. Every day they meet on the steps of the inn, and she gives him food, leftovers, and watches outside with tears in her eyes as he walks the streets around the inn begging for alms. As the years passed, many suitors came to the inn, but even though she was fair, she was brave, she was true, no one wanted to marry her, for they all knew her father was the beggar the beggar on the street. Eventually, she felt she would never marry and was consigned to a life at the king's arms. She was not unhappy. But one day that all changed when a knight rode into the courtyard. Guillaume de Clare, his name was. He had returned from the Holy Land and walked into the inn and was instantly smitten by Elizabeth. All his friends told him she had no money. All his friends told him she had no prospects. All his friends told him that she was the beggar's daughter. But he chose to marry her still. One summer's morning, with the sun high in the sky, they were married in a village church outside London. A few friends and family. For though he was a knight, Guillaume had nothing to give. They were married and they smiled. But then Elizabeth turned around and the great oak doors of the church opened and a figure shuffled in. It was her father, Henry de Montfort. He had a huge sack with him which he dragged along the ground. He reached the altar, feeling around. He took the hand of Elizabeth and spoke in an old voice that she remembered as a child. I am so proud of you, my daughter. I am so proud of what you have become. In this sack is every penny that I have made, begging outside the king's arms for almost twenty years. Today I give it to you. He kissed her on the cheek, turned around. He left Guillaume and Elizabeth at the altar. 
with a sack full of pennies that made up a fortune collected over many, many years. As the blind beggar shuffled out of the doors of the church, he turned around. Everyone looked at him. And then he walked down the village path and was never seen again. Henry de Montfort, the blind beggar of Bethnal Green, has become the stuff of legends. A true hero who gave up his life for his daughter and battled on in adversity and who showed kindness to the very end. That tale has travelled down through hundreds of years and is still told today. The King's Arms, one of London's most famous inns, is renowned for this story. Passed down from generation to generation, father to son, mother to daughter, sister to brother, from me to you. At this the time between times, the time when it's neither night nor day, but the sun is gone and the sky is grey, the time when the veil between our world and the fairy world is wafer, wafer thin. At this, the time of stories. I hope you enjoyed that one, my friends. I love that story. It's so old-fashioned and yet so full of heart. The characters are great. It's the sort of tale that makes you love history, love folklore, love stories. And I'm so glad I've been able to share it with you on this, my podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I will be back next week to tell you more tales. But in the meantime, if you haven't already found it, please go to YouTube and see my Time Between Times storytelling channel. If you were to subscribe to that, it would truly make my day. You can contact me at owenstaten at aol.com. Follow me on Twitter at owenesgriffis. And if you're feeling really, really generous, why not buy me a coffee at kofi.com forward slash owenstaten. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, my friends. Know that you're always safe at the time between times. Far away there may be the howl of wolves. Far away there may be the growl of bears. But together we sit and listen to stories traditionally told and we know we are amongst friends. Diolchan Fawr and Thank you ever so much for listening. Take care of yourself. Stay cool if you listen to this in the heatwave. If you're not, stay warm if you like. But in the meantime... Take care. No star, my friends. Good night.